afternoon and welcome to the Expansive Podcast, uh, the podcast that is also a weekly show happening every Wednesday at 3 p.m. South African Standard Time. It is great, as always, to have you here with us. Uh, we always look forward to these sessions, uh, and especially now that we've been doing them live, it's brought an entirely new energy to the show that we are absolutely loving. And it's also made us really commit to it because it means that we have a fixed appointment in our calendars every 3 p.m. Not only with you, but also, of course, with my ever-elegant co-host, Mr. John Sane. John, how are you, brother? Mr. Eric Kruger, I am very well, thank you. Uh, we've just had a great chat offline, uh, getting excited about the topic at hand that we're going to be speaking about today. But one of the things I learned uh, this over the last two weeks is to play into the algorithms of whatever platform you're growing. And uh, by doing something every week at the same time, what we're doing is we're giving the algorithms what they want and an expectation of speaking to the same audiences, as well as hopefully having people out there wanting and looking forward to 3 p.m. South African Standard Time to be listening to the podcast with us. So it's really just about understanding the algorithms, understanding people's behavior, and then trying to feed that as seamlessly and as often as possible. So yes, like you said, it's been great to have this commitment level to do almost a radio show. If you think about it, it's almost like this mm. quasi radio show come multimedia show that we talk about and uh, catch up on and uh, share with our audiences around the world. So welcome to it. Wonderful to have you here at the expansive. Eric, stop forgetting, okay? you the one who said expansive business podcast and now you don't even say it we had a whole hoo-ha about that business podcast aspect of it and now so here we are we're talking about anything it's more expansive and ready for the future eric if you haven't listened to this podcast before eric is a specialist in leadership i'm a specialist in human behavior in the future and together we combine these skill sets to share our latest research with you today eric give us a quick synopsis of what's going on in johannesburg and in the life of a well-known author, speaker, strategist, Eric Kruger. Yeah, yeah, life is good. Um, no, listen, it's, it's been uh, an interesting couple of weeks for me. Um, been rethinking a lot of uh, how we do personal brands online. And I think at some point we'll definitely talk about this because I think that, you know, I've become so hyper aware of how exposed we are as we live our lives online. And of course, in the process of building online brands, you know, we are sharing a lot of information and oftentimes a lot of personal information. And you're not always sure who's on the other side taking in that information and what they could actually do with it. So I've been spending a lot of time really thinking like, what, what does it mean to have a personal brand online, especially moving forward, knowing that things like fraud and cyber identity theft and all those things are spiking how do you build a personal brand that protects you, but also protects those around you? Because we unwillingly or un unknowingly sometimes actually pull the people around us into our personal brand as well. And so they become exposed too. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about that. Um, I've been writing my book, obviously, How to Be Dangerous. The, the cover has been finalized. So I'm really excited about that. Congrats. And yeah, just been doing a lot of kind of work around what does modern team building look like? Um, and I just released a video today on that as well, because I think we still get stuck in this very traditional way of building teams. And actually, research is just showing over and over again that it doesn't work. We need to think of new ways of engaging people in a way that makes sense to them. And that's based on their preferences. So I've just been doing a lot of work and research and, and, and uh, reading around that. What's been happening for you? Um, 
I think what we should be doing is doing next week's session on modern teams. I think it's a hot mm, topic. I'd love that. I think it'll be a great, uh, great way to share that research that you've done on it. And uh, I saw the thumbnail for your video. I thought it was funny. What was it? Okay, I, was like, uh, I was like, that's Eric. Like, yeah, it's like, I've seen Eric in character. Like, it's always like Eric looking smooth, not character. Uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the things good. you do for the algorithm. Yeah, it's all for the algorithm. It's all for the algorithm. That's it. Algorithm's king. Uh, whatever the algorithm wants, we can do for it. Right? Yeah. Look, I've, I've do been uh, doing a lot of uh, work around the passion economy, which we'll be talking about today, and mm. also about automation and the future of work. So just fascinating the type of research that's coming out and the accelerant that has been COVID-19 and what it's doing to impact us in new ways of creating uh, positive change in the world, earning money and collaborating with people around the world. It's like, it's mm. almost like the world has shrunk to become a borderless world because of COVID-19. And so just spending a lot of time listening to different uh, podcasts, different audiobooks, uh, reading some books. Uh, so yeah, so keen to share what the latest ideologies are on these things. Uh, and mm. this is what the session is going to be about. What did you name it on uh, on LinkedIn and Facebook? I, I named it, I think, uh, Surviving Automation and the Passion Economy. Oh, very good. Um, but but before, we, before we get to that, um, I wanted to ask you, your, I mean, obviously you cycle a lot. So like when you're cycling, you listen to podcasts, right? Like that's, that's your main sort of. If I'm not with friends. Podcast. Yeah. If I'm not with friends. Yeah. But, okay. but also otherwise. Yeah. Cause my, but my podcast consumption has gone way down. Like I find that these days, most content that I consume, even if it's some sort of a podcast is actually on YouTube. Yeah. Like, what, are you finding the same thing? Or are you actually like when you are at home, do you listen to podcasts no. as well? No, I find it difficult to listen to podcasts at home. It's only when I'm traveling and, and I've recently gone to Joburg for work and I also went to my parents' farm. So yeah. I've had a good 16 hours of travel that I've been listening to podcasts. And then when I take Beanie for a walk, I listen to a podcast. And if I cycle by myself, I mm. listen to podcasts. But I catch the Pivot podcast twice a week religiously. That's something that doesn't matter where I'm, yeah. what I'm doing. I always try and get those that podcast in twice a week. But yeah, I think it's whatever is comfortable for you to engage with information as long as you're engaging with information. I think that's the most important thing. And also on Pivot, they spoke about this book, um, Future Proof. And as, as I was listening to the podcast, I listened, I, I ordered it and it came and I've read three quarters of it. And uh, it's been really fascinating to read. So, yeah, it's always about changing transformation and how to prepare for it. You know, whatever, whatever, however you can engage with that information. Mm. So yeah, it's just, it's just interesting because I was thinking about it yesterday that my YouTube subscription list has grown mm. a ton over mm. the past few months, mm. and I'm actually thinking of unsubscribing from 95 percent of the podcasts that I listen to because at the moment, like I'm sitting with 160 podcast episodes that I haven't listened to, and like it's actually overwhelming looking at that. Yeah, you know? um, I only listen to it when I'm in the car, and I only get into the car when I need to go play golf. So once a week. Mm. So, but anyway, listen, um, I just want to know, cause I thought it's quite interesting and you know, how our consumption habits change as well. Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm an avid podcast listener otherwise. Um, but let's talk about automation. So obviously it's based on the book that you just showed us. Uh, you want to tee us up? Yeah, sure. Um, I think you should play more golf, uh, Eric. I think that's the answer to your, <laughs> to your dilemma. I please, think, uh, please tell Tell Danica that. Yes, no, I, I don't think you have a problem telling Danica anything. Um, 
But yes, yes, uh, you have commitments, Eric. You have dogs and uh, you have a career to look after, so you can't just be golfing your whole life. Um, okay. Yeah. Auto- <laughs> that sigh. <laughs> well, look, I think you should put all your money into Bitcoin and then uh, hopefully that makes you enough money to play golf for the rest of your life, Eric. Um, okay, so automation. Automation is obviously a fascinating topic and we have been in, in the process of being automated as human beings for hundreds of years. So it's nothing new. The only thing that's changing is two things. It's the convergence of different exponential technologies and the speed at which it's happening. Those are the two things that are really happening. The book is quite a fascinating read because this journalist has been interviewing different tech CEOs and different scientists for the longest time for New York's, uh, for New York Magazine and a whole bunch of other actually newspapers, magazines, and platforms. So he's got a wealth of knowledge and he, and he keeps talking back to automation maybe 10 years ago and what's happened with him and people that he's interviewed through the process. And he comes to a certain few conclusions. The, the one conclusion is every single industry is going to be automated. Every single career is going to be automated and is being automated. So it's not like certain industries are safe. And we initially thought it was just the blue collar workers the processes of drivers and tellers and those sort of things. But the truth is, is that, in fact, those aren't being even automated as quickly as lawyers, for example. And he was talking about all these sort of machines that are out right now that can look at a law contract. It takes it 26 seconds and it took 390 hours for lawyers to go through it. And the stats on 98% computer gets right, 86% lawyers get right. So the disparity is just, it's ridiculous. So, but the conclusion he comes to is that what machines aren't able to do is create social connection and awaken emotions in us. And it's this combination of social interaction and emotional prowess that we are able to bring to the job or to the skill set that we're bringing. So what he says is, in being a lawyer, you're going to utilize AI, but you, in in certain aspects of your of your business. But then the connection to the client and making sure that you've created a niche for that client, that that client understands that you understand him or her really well. For example, if the lawyer was a actor and then became a lawyer, he's now got this great niche that understands entertainment and law with the advent of AI and automation around him or her. And so we look at many different industries and the industries now that you are able to become power in or really make an impact in are the ones where you're bringing your very unique range of skills together working with automation. So there was a great story, and this wasn't in the book, but I remember it from years ago. There was a scientist that had a very successful TED Talk, actually, where he was an improv comedian and a scientist. And so he would combine his improv and science. And what he came to was the whole idea of improv is yes and, not no but. And every time you're in an experimental phase with science or biology or any of these things inside a lab, when you come up with a new idea, he would get his students to go, yes, and rather than no, but. And what he did was he showed that that growed the way you experimented and tried new things. And he actually had many more breakthroughs in his science labs than others did because of that combination. So understanding that the future is automated, most of it. 
And where you need to be coming into this is creating, taking a range of skill sets, combining them into something that's uniquely yours, and then applying that on top of any sort of automation that gives you your unique skill set into that field. Now, there's a great book called Range, which uh, actually it disproves Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours. And in fact, Malcolm Gladwell writes on the cover of that book saying, I like learning new things and being disproven because that's growth. And so understanding that the old world required the 10,000 hours, the new world requires a range of different skill sets that are brought together that make you unique. So automation is here to stay. And in fact, ramping up in many ways. And there's some downfalls of automation. It's excellent at repetitive, efficient uh, processes. If you've got a manual at work and you can learn your job, understanding a manual in 30 days, your job will be automated. What sits on top of that is social connection, emotional connection. And that's where we come in for the moment where we can add our value to it. Mm. So that's kind of, mm. that's kind of the gist of the book. You know, it's about automation is not going anywhere. It's fast tracking and getting smarter. We've got a new way to want to apply ourselves to it. Any questions? Mm. Yeah. You know, I just, just an observation is that I think for a lot of people, it's almost like, how do I, how do I, prevent being automated you can't right like that that was i think that was the question for a while it's like how do i prevent being automated but like you, you can't stop this like technology is just it you're gonna get automated and once the quicker you can accept that and I, and I guess that's a lot of the work that we do anyway which is to help people become comfortable with the fact that things are changing at this rapid pace once you can accept that at a deep level then the next question becomes well how can i use it to my advantage and that's actually the point that you want to get to as quickly as possible. And I can, for example, like I can think that in the coaching space, for example, I know that AI is already being used quite extensively. Big time. Um, as a, as a standalone service, right? Mm. But like if you're a coach, like a, a great way of thinking about it is that you still run the one on one session or the deep session or the group coaching session, but then you have AI in the background checking in with people, asking mm. them how they are doing, mm. like, uh, giving them certain nudges and prompts mm. and you collecting data from that mm. and you get back into your coaching session mm. and you can look at like, you know, uh, two or three weeks of data and seeing how is someone feeling over that time. Mm. You can spot certain trends. So like all of a sudden you go from uh, fearing it to seeing how you are empowered by it. Mm. And I mean, like as speakers as well, you know, we've seen those, um, those sort of like deep fakes that are happening or uh, even just like AI created models that like, you know, have you seen that website where you can go and create a face that mm. like doesn't exist? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like all of that, like you can give that, that AI a script that will deliver a talk at some well, point. Well, look, I mean, you see like, those AIs that are writing incredibly great articles. It's just a matter of yeah, making GPT-3. that article. Yeah. Just making that article yeah. with a face and a body language and off they go, you know? Yeah. Mm. Listen, no, no, I, I really like it. Um, so how do you think then we move forward? So you're saying that we have to combine different skills across different industries and that we have to foster and cultivate the human connection. Yes, how does this, tie this comes into, into the, passion the passion economy. Yes, exactly. It comes into the passion economy in a big way. Now, my third book, Foresight, I wrote about this ability for us to see the invisible dots uh, around us. And each one of us have got a very specific skill of what invisible dots we see. You know, I use an example of an interior designer 
having the vision of where that place looks where I don't have that or a hairdresser or, you know, mine is about the future and just the way I'm built. But what leads you to that is curiosity and wisdom. And wisdom is letting go of old patterning, uh, healing old trauma. And curiosity is being led by what you are passionate about. And so what happens now is we're seeing a, a, almost a full circle. And so what happened pre-industrial revolution is that the world was full of millions of micro businesses. And if you think about it, every little town had its butcher, baker, candlestick maker, and each one of these was run by a little family or by a single person and running these micro businesses servicing the community around them. Today, what is starting to happen is that we are having the proliferation of these micro businesses that have got far reaching networks. And so when you think about uh, PewDiePie or if you think about uh, Logan Paul or any of these sort of influencers that have developed businesses and brands based on their passions, they are now starting to see the results of these sort of new way of building uh, community and impact and income mm. using TikTok and Facebook and, and, and YouTube and podcasts and books and coffee and you just keep naming it. You, can, you know, when you've got 10 million followers, you can sell anything, really. I mean, you can just put something out and it changes. I mean, yeah. it was uh, The Rock sold more tequila than any company in the history of tequila by launching his tequila brand. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. That's insane. And Mr. Beast That's opened up 300 burger joints overnight in one go in America. Nobody's ever done anything mm. like this. So you understand that you've got this ability now to build a business based on your passion. Your passion can be anything because all you want to do is find the tribe around the world that buys into your passion and then is willing to spend time with you, listen to you and buy from you, whether you're selling them a course, a coffee, a book, a t-shirt or building community mm -hmm. in any way. So we're seeing the proliferation and expansion and exponential growth in the passion economy. And you know, you and I are both in the passion economy. We sell uh, what we're passionate about. We research all day what we're passionate about. And I imagine that, you know, as South Africans, we are a little bit behind the, 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 the sort of timelines. In America, these kids, and mm. I call them kids because they're in their 20s, are making multiple seven-figure income utilizing the tool sets that's available to them. And they are sort of digital natives, mm. so they understand it so simply. It's almost like I'm at 45, I'm on the other end of understanding how to monetize your passion project. So understanding that automation is coming and most jobs will be automated. Guess can't, what can't be automated? Passion projects because machines don't have that passion link. And so what was I saying? It's emotional connection and social community development. What does a passion, passion project do or passion economy? It does exactly that. So it's almost like you're future-proofing yourself by utilizing automation to share your passion as far as possible, creating the passion economy and giving yourself the ability to work on what you love all day. Sounds like a dream. I like that. Yeah, I love that. I think you've, you've created such a great link between the two. Mm. Um, you know, and I think it's easier than ever to start, you know, mm. like you can, all the tools are available to you. Mm. Um, and the communities are out there. Mm. And if, if you can't find the community, you create one. Mm. I was on Twitch earlier, mm. dude. Mm. Um, and there's a, there's a, a, 
sister team that play chess. Mm. They play chess. Mm. They have 800,000 followers watching them play chess online. Mm. That's, that's what they do. Mm. And like your, and I, I, was, I was looking on YouTube the other day, uh, there was this guy, all he does is like, he, he shows his miniature figurines. Like that's all he does. He paints them, he shows them off. I've seen that. Hundreds of thousands I've of followers. I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that, yeah. Your, whatever you are interested in, there is a community that's out there that wants that thing. Yeah. Like the world is so big, but yet it's like you were saying, it's become so small yeah. that if you start creating using all these free tools that are available online, mm. you can find that community or that community will find mm. you. And I think that's an, a, it's an amazing opportunity. And, um, and, and it's only the beginning. And I think a lot of people think it's too late. And I think a lot yeah. of people that they've missed the boat and I disagree. I think, if we understand that the internet's even going to be more proliferated into our lives, there's only 5 billion people on, soon there'll be 8 billion people on. The market's about to have a, two, a third of it added onto it. We're about to get more f- access to faster, cheaper Wi-Fi. So th- the potential is just huge. And, and you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I think to myself, you know, we're far flung in South Africa. We're like so far away from things, but there's so much opportunity, you know, even South Africans are doing some incredible things People in Dubai have got like millions of followers just developing niches, you know. So it's really all about distribution. It's all about developing that tribe of people that trust you, love you, that want to stay around with you. And, you know, you and I listen to multiple different people throughout the day, whether it's a little bit on YouTube, a little bit on Twitter, a little bit on podcasts. Like we, we, we're engaging with all this decentralized uh, knowledge sharing and decentralized entertainment that that's happening. And mm. it's just such a fantastic space to be in and, uh, yeah, and exploring, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And all the, all the research I've been doing is giving me even more energy to want to put more energy into it. So yeah, I'm loving it. Mm. You know, I was, um, just before we jumped onto this, I was watching a video from Ben Francis. Do you know him? No. So, so <laughs> Such an insane story. He started in 2011. Um, he started a brand called Gymshark. Yes. I, oh, and I know this guy. Good looking young dude, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jeez. He rocked yeah, yeah. it. Eh? Yeah. So, so Gymshark, like he, he says, all I wanted to do was be involved in the fitness community. Yeah. Like I just, I loved it so much. Yeah. I just wanted to be involved in it. Yeah. So he goes and he registers a domain, gymshark.co.uk for four pounds. And he grabs a Shopify website for free and he starts uploading products onto it and he's just drop shipping it because he doesn't have the money to buy the products and then ship it. So he's just drop shipping it through someone else. And eventually like he's making like a small bit of profit off each sale. Eventually he starts including some clothing. Um, they would go out and they would buy like, uh, you know, 10 green, 10 blue, 10 red vests. And then on the site, they had like 20 different options of logos on this vest so whenever an order would come in they would just grab one do the press and then ship it off so anyway so like he grows and grows and grows um in this uh, you should go check it out on youtube he takes them through the evolution of his website from 2011 yeah i've seen i've seen this document anyway yes i've seen this actually yeah so last year gymshock was valued at 1.4 billion dollars gotta love it and he is now the the richest young britain um, he he's worth seven hundred million pounds. Yeah, and he's so good looking. Oh, he's got such a cool vibe about him. I'm like, I watch this guy. I'm like, come on, twenty eight. Yeah, 
He's 28. Unreal. Unreal. Uh, D- also 28. So I said, so she, she, <laughs> yeah, she better jack uh, up. Do something. <laughs> you over the hill. So it's over for you. Danica I mean, yeah, I'm 34. I'm, yeah, yes. yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Um, listen, no, but I mean, it's just, it, I kind of wanted to share that story with you is because there are so many things that happen once you start doing the things that you love yeah. and care about yeah. in a, in a world where it can get amplified. Yeah. Where, where who, who knows who discovers exactly. you or who finds what you are looking at, yes. you know? Yes. And once you find your community, like that's what happens, right? Like yes. it's just, it's insane. Yeah. It, look, the exponentiality of it is just, you know, it's like never been before. And also it's growing. So don't think it's too late. Jump in. Mm. Everybody needs to have the business of you. We all need to be in the passion economy. Imagine a world just full of people doing passion economy. I mean, well, it'll be the best world ever. Mm. Nobody be stressed. Nobody be like irritated. You know, you'd be just doing what you're doing all the time, you know? I mean, we do get stressed. Let's not kid. It's just, but we put pressure on ourselves. You know, that's that's where the stress comes from. But um, yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, good. Well, thank you for listening to the Expansive Podcast yeah. and Weekly Show. It's always wonderful to have you all online with us, whether you're listening on Facebook or LinkedIn or on podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Eric and I, every week, will be sharing our latest research. Next week, we'll be doing the future of teams and hybrid teams and how we develop them. If you think this podcast could be utilized better. Um, hey, Daniel. Hey, what's up, Daniel? What's happening? Daniel's my new friend. How's it going, Daniel? Um, see, that's, I mean, even that, Daniel's listening to the podcast. That's uh, crazy. Um, I'm actually speaking. Uh, just a quick note, just uh, for Yaku, just uh, we are on all the iTunes, all, all the podcasting platforms, right? So iTunes, Spotify, like you name it. But those are the two big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, and, and leave a, leave a rating. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, not at all. If you think somebody could do with listening to this, please share it with them and do take care of yourself. And once you've done that, go and take care of somebody else. Bye. Ciao.